0: Fantastic 4.html is brought to you by the fine folks at CageClub.me. So for all things movies, music, comics, TV, and more, check out the folks at CageClub.me. That's CageClub.me. I'm Nico. And I'm Kevo. And this right here is fantasticforce.html. Yeah. And we're continuing our amazing coverage of the Fantastic Four cartoons, and we're not even going to waste any time. With us returning today, we have from X's for Podcasts, the amazing Maddie.
1: Great to be here, Flame On, and like.
0: And of course, like we do anything without him, we have the breathtaking Jonah. <laughs> Hello. All right, guys, let's talk about some, I guess there's no other choice, but Magneto. The biggest thing I found of note about the 1978 is there is an incredible dearth of material back then. Animated series weren't treated with a great deal of respect, and a lot of the material has been lost. But I uh, I do believe that separately, both Kevo and Maddie came to me to be like, Oh, uh, about one of the more breathtaking moments of the 78.
2: A clip with 4 million views so you know it gotta be good.
0: Tremble before the menace of Magneto. Magneto, by this point, has become a cultural centerpiece of the Marvel Universe, kind of, sorta, thanks to his popularity in the pages of Chris Claremont's reinvention of the Uncanny X-Men. A lot of things are going to source back to Claremont and Byrne throughout a great portion of the 70s and 80s for Marvel, so it's not shocking that, by this point, Fantastic Four, a John Byrne property, saw an adventure from another John Byrne property. Now it's impossible!
3: To me, nothing is impossible. I can do anything.
0: I'll Though it is worth noting, when Magneto makes his appearance in the Fantastic Four,
1: some uh stupid hilarity ensues. Well, first he abuses a gas station attendant. He just pulls up in his in his fully metal in his fully magnetized vehicle and he's, like, and he's like, I don't need gas from you. I want to know where the Baxter building is. And he's like, Boy, howdy, sir. Every car needs gas, sir. And then he crumples the gas station sign, and the poor guy's like, No, please, please don't break any more property. It's uh it's a lot. It's a lot. This is ridiculous. I need no gas. That's Magnus. I, I, I power this vehicle with my very might. Jonah, you're an engineer. Talk to me
3: about the possibility of fully magnetic cars. Not possible at all, because ferrous metals would not be safe to drive in. And nobody may dare contradict me when they do, I get angry. Well,
1: can, can I just say that this Magneto is especially petty? He has to flex really quick when he leaves. He's like, not only can I move the car by itself, I can make it fly and- It's a long way from here. You'd better get some gas. Nobody tells me what to do. Besides,
0: fuel is for lesser men. My vehicle
2: needs
1: no gas. He, like, lifts it off the ground and flies away. And then we catch him in midtown Manhattan traffic trying to get to the Baxter building. And he's (laughs) like, oh, I forgot. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm going to yell at a motorist and I'll fly again. And it's it's just outstanding.
0: And that was the same problem we had with the 67. Doom has a gun to Sue. And Sue goes, oh, right. My force field. Why didn't I think of it? Pop
3: that's a woman for you
0: yeah so i'm just and then it just looks like the jar they
1: put tinkerbell in she just looks like she's in a clear fucking cloche can i just say though that i'm thankful that we are we are no longer calling sue the invisible girl it's actually just hard
0: to take her seriously the her name might as well be shy flower face like i just can't handle it fluttershy like this this is my ward
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's fluttershy
0: oh god invisishy i need that
1: you know and piggybacking off of the wealth of rogues gallery characters that we have from the fantastic four universe popping up in the 1967 cartoon there's such a dearth there's such a lack here for for any any quality villain i i feel like magneto is poised to be like the number one for this series which is bizarre that does beg the question from me With only 13 episodes, what
2: is exactly the context of even choosing to use Magneto as a villain against the Fantastic Four? Is he someone that faced against them a lot?
1: I spoke out of turn. Looking back now through the episode recaps, it's definitely Doom that's poised to be the central villain for the 1978 cartoon. But then, to your credit, why even bring Magneto up at all? In 13 episodes, Doom only introduces himself to the Fantastic Four in episode 8.
3: Well, wasn't it the Fantastic Four who turned Magneto into a baby?
0: No, it was the Avengers. Oh. I just think it's like I said earlier, Magneto was a hot property on the heels of his appearances in Uncanny X-Men, and he was probably fun to animate.
2: I get that. It was a really fascinating take to put him in that, like, hot rod red with the yellow-gold accents. I really am- I like that take on Magneto. If I ever cosplayed as Magneto, I think that's probably what I would do. Oh, what, with the yellow?
0: Yeah.
1: Floss Nito. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because you just that's... flossing it. It's that a little is, bit Iron but... Man Nito.
1: It, it bothers me a little bit that they keep the purple cummerbund. If they're gonna, if they're gonna change, like, why change the accent on the helmet? I get that. To yellow. Like, that's a little bizarre to me. You kept the purple. We're not completely redefining the the color scheme. I actually had a little fun fact about the 1978 cartoon that maybe you didn't know unless you're checking the Wikipedia like I am. In 2012, Disney XD recut scenes from the new Fantastic Four and redubbed them to be purposefully comical and aired them as bumps in between shows like Ultimate Spider-Man.
2: Oh, that's so cute. I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was between Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And I just think that's super self-aware and super charming. I want to look into that.
0: It's the same magical formula that made Space Ghost Coast to Coast a success. Kind of acknowledging the flaws of the thing you love.
2: My BTS for the new Fantastic Four from 1979 Specifically, and one of the reasons that I am so vocally advocating for Herbie the robot, is that he was actually voiced by Disney legend Frank Welker, who many know as the voice of Fred Jones from the Scooby-Doo franchise, and Megatron from the Transformers franchise. Ironically, the narrator of the show was voiced by a different famous robot, Dick Tuffield, who was the robot from Lost in Space. Sue Storm was voiced by Disney legend Ginny Tyler, who was a Mouseketeer, and The Thing was voiced by Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch on
0: The Addams Family. That's another impressive voice cast on this. What a cavalcade of stars. Being, Being so underutilized. Huh. When we're talking about star power, we're talking about this next project which featured the unbelievable names like Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble and The Shmoo. That's right, you guys. In 1979, The Thing, wait, let me correct that. 14-year-old Ben Grimm, who has discovered a magical thing ring which allows him to do a thing where he transforms into The Thing, co-stars in... Fred and Barney meet
1: the thing in which they never meet and also there's the shmoo. The shmoo came a year late in fairness. The the shmoo the shmoo is not a part of the thing ring. It's uh, true. He's also, unrelated.
0: So Kevin, I believe you're ready to shmooze us on the shmoo. Oh, we're talking about the shmoo right up front. I really I mean, I can't keep saying the shmoo. Like I I he is actually so Fred Barney thing and shmoo. That's the real fantastic four.
2: Well, cuz The thing was replaced by the shmoo, which, you know, is fair, because the shmoo, also voiced by Frank Welker, by the way, in this cartoon, was a very popular fictional character from the Al Cap Lil Abner cartoon series, and... ...was so popular that he replaced Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse as the face of the children's savings bond issued by the U.S. Treasury Department in 1949. So there was a year in the 1940s that the Shmoo beat Mickey...
1: Fred and Barney meet the Schmoo, which drops the thing entirely from its name. Also ran four consecutive episodes where they spliced a B story or a C story called the Harlem Globetrotters meet, meet Snow, Snow White. White. Meet Snow White, unrelated to anything
2: from the main narrative
1: of the show. Yep. S- zero connection. So I know what wait, we're covering like, after Fantastic Four. Wait, like like Walt Disney's Snow White? But also produced by Hanna-Barbera. So no.
0: Kebo, I, uh, I can't even process that, but what I really couldn't process is you informed me of um some things I don't like about the schmoo.
2: Well, so I'm sure many people are scratching their heads and wondering what exactly is a schmoo that I have never heard of. A schmoo is a little creature that, frankly, kind of reminds me a lot, like, of a poor. It has a plump, bowling pin-shaped body with stubby legs. It has no arms, nose, or ears. Its feet are round. Reproduces asexually, often prolifically. They are apparently delicious to eat and are eager to be eaten. In fact, if you seem hungry in front of a shmoo, it will often happily immolate itself,
0: so that you can eat it. And for this, they would not put the Human Torch in a Fantastic Four cartoon! They produce
2: eggs, neatly packaged, milk, bottled and grade A, and butter with no churning
3: required. How could we forget the best part? That there are shmoo hunters! Who hunt for more tasty rare schmoo by shining a flashlight on them and whacking them on the head. Is is this some kind
1: of bad metaphor for how the sixties and seventies turned the male American dream into churning out women were just byproducts to reproduce and provide I, emotionally and homemakingly. I think it's a lot like, of This things. is uncomfortable. This... You're hu- you're you're hungry? Eat. Oh, I have eggs and milk. I am all tit! I am all <laughs>
2: I really, I have no idea. Jonah made a comment at one point
1: questioning
2: is it supposed to be about like sustainable, like using every part of the animal or something. I don't know because like apparently also their pelt is very good for making clothes and their eyes make really good buttons. Like, It's disturbing. I, 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 I can't believe Some of the things that were popular, that came before our childhood, that we frequently get criticized
0: for the things that we loved. Jesus Christ, and this is what they replaced the thing with. Okay, um...
1: Thing ring, do your thing.
0: So the plot of this show is little kid Ben Grimm is kind of doofy and maybe a little bit underrated and he has the ability to push two rings together and say thing ring do your thing and transform into the thing and he's trying to stop the yancy street gang from like taking on this total ponce that he's friends with and he's kind of got like his own little hit girl I'm pretty sure Betty is just Susan Day. Like, no effort was put into that. That's just Lori Partridge. I get that. So, Jonah, how did you, you know, I gotta know, this is this this thing. He's not the thing at all. He is a different the thing. And it's not even the other the thing. This isn't even like a John Carpenter the thing. How do you feel about Thing Ring, who does this thing?
3: I am really not a fan of it. I don't think it was like unneeded change i don't think it adds anything um when i was growing up the thing was really cool it was really the thing in the hulk who go hand in hand together for really big strong beefy guys where you, they have catchphrases the bash brothers the bash brothers uh cloburn brothers smashing Do whatever they do best if you, you put know? them
0: both in parkas they can be the ice climbers
3: smash Ooh. siblings smash siblings hulk
0: hulk and thing thing
3: alcohol can think thing. I have an idea of what the thing should be. This cartoon came off as like this weird nerd revenge fantasy where like the really scrawny, skinny kid who's weak gets this power to become really big, beefy, and strong and beat up his bullies. I I don't think it was necessary.
1: With the help of his biker buddies Stretch and Turk
3: I maybe would be more forgiving if like he'd
2: gotten the thing rings from the thing or something, rather
0: than him being The thing, you know? And he's Ben Grimm. He's just, like, straight-up Benjamin Grimm. There's no way around it. We watched this episode, and it involved such ridiculous things as, like, pies getting thrown in principal's faces. And, like, at one point, Thing sticks his finger in a pie and then thinks these people can sell it anyway. Like, dude... That's unsanitary. You're made of fucking organic rock, okay?
2: And the girl he has a crush on is voiced by the same voice actor as the old lady teacher, and that makes me uncomfortable.
1: Oh, yo that's fucking Mrs. Tingle. So, Centerville High, what do you have going on?
0: I also think it's of note that if we're talking about how this transforms the situation, this turns the thing from the thing into kind of like Smart the Hulk. He's a little bit the Hulk. He's a little bit Captain Marvel when Captain Marvel uses the negabands to transform and he's actually a teen boy, but it has slightly better name recognition. I don't know. There's something really hollow about this cartoon and it It's dumb, it's silly, but it misses the point completely of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four are a family, even when The Thing is a solo title. The Fantastic Four are a family. This doesn't work when you take Johnny out. This doesn't work when you take everybody but Thing out. You can swap in somebody like She-Hulk for a few years, and that's awesome. But you gotta get back to the formula, and this thing iteration, with Fred and Barney and the incredibly edible Schmoo, really just feels like a blight, and it's not hard to guess why Marvel doesn't go out of its way to promote this one on Disney+. Plus. I get that. I do.
2: All three of these cartoons debuted on nearly the same day, September 9th for the first two, and 8th for the last one. Huh. Yeah, in 67, 78, and 79.
0: Now, it is of note that the production airing on some of these cartoons really did leave something to be desired. And I think that's because, you know, back in the day, nobody really gave a shit about cartoon airing order. It wasn't something that people went out of their way to protect. When we take a look at the 1967, the airing on it was so strange. While the 1967 aired until 1970, the original run was almost every episode from September 9th, 1967 to January 13th, 1968 in a pretty straight run. Ultimately, two more episodes would air September of 1968 and the show would remain in reruns for the next two years
3: i I feel like looking at the 1967's 1967 fantastic four cartoon it was really something to be like okay this has to be a joke that everybody's in on the 1978 cartoon and the 1979 later thing cartoon feels like it was meant to be a joke that nobody found funny And it boggles my mind that they thought they were upgrading, but to me, it feels like they really regressed. Like it really was like, and it's one of those things where if you're going to do camp and you're going to do something so ridiculous and crazy, you have to just commit and literally lean into it. Because if you don't, you just end up looking bad. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: coming out of the 1967 Fantastic Four cartoon to the 1978 Fantastic Four cartoon and the omission of Human Torch for fear that kids might self emulate they might shmoo themselves up. They might shmoo it up. I think it's such a weird choice to then one year later take a body horror character and make him a 14-year-old boy. And I also think it's exceptionally cruel to pitch an iteration of the character who can transform out of their terrible disposition at will and not only that, but use it to their advantage, something like their own, you know, like they're, they're Zack Morrison of Bayside High. The most fun thing about being a part of the
0: Fantastic Four or any Fantastic Marvel team is the family and the camaraderie. Unless you're the new warriors, then I think the best thing about being on that team is being one of the ones to survive. But regardless, with the Fantastic Four, there's really a formula. There's a format. It's kind of that way you can take the cast of the Golden Girls and plug them into Sex in the City and plug them into Will and Grace and... Plug that into...
2: Ninja Turtles.
0: Oh, sure, the Ninja Turtles. Exactly. That four-way format, that formula, and that formula is a huge part of how the Fantastic Four operate. Which one is the sexy Ninja Turtle?
3: Donatello. No, Leonardo. He's the leader.
0: No, it's Donatello because brains are sexy. Sexy brains.
3: Or is it Raphael because he's, you know, hot-headed and, you know, passionate.
0: I have had enough Raphaels for my lifetime, so... I'm going to just keep being my own little Michelangelo-Donatello hybrid. Yeah, I
2: was going to say, someone needs to vouch for Michelangelo. He would be really fun.
0: But you know what? Michelangelo was like 90s sexy.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was like 90s surfer sexy. It's very different.
0: I get that. Now, I guess the question is,
1: Maddie, are you attracted to Venus? Like the planet?
0: No,
2: the girl Ninja Ninja Turtle. Turtle. Oh
1: my God, from from the live action, right?
2: Yeah, next mutation.
1: Are you attracted to Venus de Milo, the lady turtle? I mean, I'm attracted to Powder Blue. I'll accept that.
0: You know, and that's the best place I can think to jump into this game.
3: So we have... Why is she named after a piece of art and not a renaissance painter? There are plenty of female renaissance painters. Yeah, you know,
0: that's a really good point. I guess I hadn't really...
3: Yeah, okay. At least she's not Whistler's
0: mother. Clunk. We have four categories. We have the she members, because the Fantastic Four does like to point out how one of them is a woman when there's a woman. We have the firepower, because the Fantastic Four, whether literally or figuratively, loves fire. We have big science, because some members of the Fantastic Four's brains are just more powerful than their superhero abilities, and it wouldn't be the Fantastic Four without taking a deep look at their interconnectivity and their team-ups. Now, each category has four levels of difficulty, so there's a little bit of question for everybody in this. So, what wait, I want you guys wait, to do... Wait, wait, wait.
2: There's a category for everyone except for Ben?
0: Ben actually gets the team-ups category? Uh Ugh. It'll make sense at the time! He's okay,
2: friends he's with put, the
3: schmoo. okay? He's placed in a lot of Marvel team-ups.
1: I accept it. I accept so, it. He's, he's a perfect team-up of rocks and bad catchphrases. I completely
0: agree. Like, I actually tried to work him into it with that. I was like, rocks and what? Rocks and what? And I ultimately decided there was a better angle. <laughs> but how, just
1: barely. How revolting.
0: Why I, I Why I So, wanna. guys... I'm putting it in your hands, remembering that level one is the easiest, and level four is when you're going to need to use all your powers. What category do you guys want to start with?
1: I mean, ladies first. I could go with the she's.
0: Okay, so let's start with the she's level one. This is the female member of the Fantastic Four most consistently attached to the team.
2: I hope it's Sue.
0: It is absolutely Sue Storm, who made her debut in the Fantastic Four number one. She is the mother of all Marvel in so many ways, but she's not just a mother. She's also a sexual being who has had lovers and deep conflict inside her mind. She's lost children. She's grappled with abortion. Sue Storm is so much more than just the mother of the Marvel Universe. But in so many ways, there wouldn't be any X's for podcast. There wouldn't be any HTML. There wouldn't be what we make to talk about if there hadn't been Sue Storm first leading the charge. So absolutely, she is the most consistent member of the FF.
2: That's that's given her a lot of credit for a lot of stuff. Oh, but I
0: mean, it's true. Other than her, there was Aunt May. For a really long time, there was just the Wasp and Sue Storm.
3: The Patsy and Erasure is far too. The more.
0: Patsy Erasure of it all. What was her name? The Phantom Brazier.
3: Blonde Phantom. Don't we we don't talk bad about my blonde Phantom.
0: Maddie, I know you're like your relationship with the Fantastic Four is you know newer than most, but I have to assume that you had a strong inkling that this one was going to be Sue Storm.
1: You know, I don't know that Herbie's sex was ever assigned or identified. So realistically,
0: <laughs> I think
1: that's oh, fair. God, yeah, she could be Herbina, short for Herberta.
3: Well, guys, where are we
1: going from here? Oh crap! I'm a Jeopardy purist. I like to I like to roll a streak on one category.
3: You see, I'm the opposite because I would absolutely be searching for that daily double.
1: You know what? Okay, let's search for a daily double. Jonah, what do you
3: got? Firepower three.
1: The daily double today is I didn't include anything
0: like a daily double, so let's look at Firepower 3.
1: Bow, 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 bow.
0: <laughs> this hero is connected to the Fantastic Four, Galactus, and the original Human Torch, even using the code name for a time.
3: Is it Silver Surfer?
0: Do I hear any other
1: answers? Frankie Ray Nova.
0: Frankie Ray was related to the scientist who developed the original Human Torch, also related to the Human Torch's sidekick, the incredible Flaming Boy. Oh my. And she <laughs> would go on to be romantically linked to Johnny, and she's just got some of the coolest costumes ever. Well, so far, you guys are two for two. Talk to me. What else do we think?
2: Well, let's, let's do big science. Let's move on to the next category there.
0: Okay, you want to do big science? Do you want to do level one, two, three, or 4? Surprise me. I'm going to give you guys a level 2 question here. Big science level 2. This hero has joined the Fantastic Four on at least three different occasions and has applied for membership on at least one more. Remember, this will be a science related hero.
2: I... Would, if I had to guess, say Petey Parker, but mostly just because I want to.
0: You're right. Peter Parker initially auditioned to be a member of the Fantastic Four in the first issue of Spider-Man, but ultimately decided it wouldn't have been a good fit for him. Peter Parker would later go on to join the Fantastic Four with the new Fantastic Four, a special three-month event in 1990 and 1991 in issues 347 to 349. Later on, when the Human Torch passes away for a period of time, a.k.a. just trapped in the negative zone like you do, Peter would step up, kind of around issue what would have been 587, but instead it was rolled over to a book called FF, right? So he joined an FF number one, and Peter Parker has also filled in as needed when called by the Fantastic Four. So great call on that one. hey Now I'm going to make you guys take a team-ups question, so Maddie, level 1, 2, 3, or 4 on Mm -mm team-ups.
1: Let's go with... let's keep it modest, let's do level 2.
0: These two black heroes would both be associated with the Fantastic Four well beyond the length of their tenures, and both have gone on to lead successful live-action franchises in the time since. Uh,
3: I have one guess for Luke Cage, Power Man. Cage, Power
0: Man, did in fact temporarily join the Fantastic Four in issue 168. Terrific. Can I get a second one?
1: I'm going to try and clean up here and say T'Challa.
0: My Panther King, my glorious, blessed Panther King. T'Challa would join the Fantastic Four around issue 543 for a period of time. This would see a massive upheaval to the team. Huzzah. What are we, four for four? You guys are four for four. You guys are, like, way better than five for fighting.
3: Dreaming of the Wakanda life we're trying to live.
0: I'm going to take control of the board for a minute, and I'm going to give Maddie what he's looking for, and we're going to run the she's straight through. Starting with the she's number two, this hero is well known not just for her time as a member of the Fantastic Four, but for her sense of humor and her verdigris.
2: Jen.
0: It is, of course, our precious Jen Walters, the She-Hulk. She is everybody's favorite green queen, and she certainly makes me want to scream. She joined the book in issue 265 under the pen of John Byrne shortly after the conclusion of the Secret Wars, saw Ben Grimm temporarily step away from the team. She-Hulk's period of time in the Fantastic Four is one of the most beloved periods of time in, like, the fucking history of Marvel Comics, and gotta give it up to the She-Hulk. Jonah, I think She-Hulk is someone you've come to a little bit later.
3: That is correct, but Chiho is a very near and dear special place in my heart.
0: I feel the same way, pal. Now, speaking of people who have famous cousins, while this hero's cousin is better known for his involvement with the Fantastic Four, it was this hero that was formerly a member of the team.
1: Might that be Namorita?
0: Oh, terrific. You just touched on one of my favorite heroes ever, Namorita Prentice, the cousin of the King of Atlantis, she would join the team in issue 472. Tragically, she would pass away not too far after that, but due to some weird time travel shit, she got to come back. She is one of those new warriors who I was saying is constantly sort of killed off for no good reason.
1: Such a shame.
0: From such a shame to some of my favorite things about the Fantastic Four. Number four, to round out the she's, is going to bring up... Two women who have both acted as stand-ins for the rockiest member of the team. And both of these characters have unique takes on that in their name.
3: Volcana and Titania.
0: Okay, so you just named two of my favorite people ever, but sadly no. Volcana and Titania have never been members of the Fantastic Four, but let me be really clear with you. Some sort of Thunderbolts of the Fantastic Four starring Crusher Creel, Titania, Volcana, and like, I don't know, Valeria is my jam.
1: I'm going to go with one half of the answer. I'm going to say Miss Thing.
0: It is, in fact, Darla Deering, yeah. Miss Thing, who would come to join the team around what would have been issue 614 or so. She actually joins in a side series called FF, which was a partner book run by a... Matt Fraction at the time with art by Mike Allred while he was doing Fantastic Four over with Mark Bagley. So Darla Deering, Ms. Thing, a pop star and sometimes paramour of that flaming Lothario, Human Torch, is one of the two answers. However, there is another answer with far too cute a take on the Thing's name. Anybody else think they might have who it is? Is there like a Little Miss Thing? Okay, I need Little Miss Thing so bad I'm going to i'm gonna cry but uh no no this one is uh if anybody's a fan of drag queen extraordinaire demanda martini demanda martini has done this character on more than one occasion
3: uh okay it's not scatterbrain
0: no tragically scatterbrain has never been a member of the fantastic four but now i need that too
3: (laughs) hold on let me scroll through her instagram real fast cheating perfidy can we get another hint I
0: think I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of assistance here. This hero has two different monikers, and both of them are riffs on popular characters. I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, this is a level four for a reason. I'm going to give you guys a three point... Oh, say... oh, oh, oh,
3: oh, oh, I have a guess, I have a guess, I have a guess. She-Thing!
0: It is She-Thing! It is Ms. Marvel, the She-Thing, She-thing. Sharon Ventura. She is no. one of the most... Off the wall, unusual characters, and uh, joining the team in Fantastic Four three hundred six, She Thing or Ms. Marvel, Sharon Ventura, just kicks your ass.
1: I find it so hard to believe that we have a She Hulk and a She Thing. Like this was the this was the standard for female characters. Just uh, make it make it make it the boy, but uh, I don't know breasts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, this is barely after we were able to get her from. Invisible girl to invisible woman. We're still in that era. I actually want to make it a little bit easier after that last toughie. And I'm going to give you guys firepower level one. This member of the Fantastic Four has been romantically linked to more members of the Fantastic Four one way or another than any other member of the team.
3: Is it that dirty slut Johnny?
0: It is the dirty slut Johnny, whether it's being romantically linked to Crystal or it's when he was temporarily fake married to his sister.
2: Johnny was on Crystal?
0: Oh, God, I wish. That would have explained being temporarily fake married to his sister.
2: I mean, look at that fiery little bottom. He was on Crystal.
0: At some point, he had to be. Level 2 begs the question. Best known for being the best-known Ghost writer, this member of the Fantastic Four was part of a short-lived interim team appearing occasionally over the course of 30 years. Bonus points if you can name either of the other two Ghost writers who would also step in in the same capacity. So I'm looking for three
1: ghost writers, but I only really need one. All right, this is going to be the bonus point, but one is Danny Ketch.
0: This took a lot of research on my end, because it turns out I thought Danny Ketch and Johnny Blaze were the same guy, but Danny Ketch is Johnny Blaze's brother. And so, Maddie, your guess of Danny Ketch blows my mind in a great way, because I would have assumed it would have been Johnny Blaze, but no... It was in fact Danny Ketch who donned the identity of the ghostwriter temporarily as a member of the Fantastic Four. Now, Johnny Blaze was portrayed by Nicolas Cage in the successful. <laughs> we are on Cage Club Network, so I have to lie for them. Successful ghostwriter films in the 2000s.
2: They existed and they made more than one. That's something.
0: Well, speaking of more than one. Can anyone name either of the other ghostwriters to dawn a precious four?
1: I would say spilling out of our coverage of Empire Avengers and Empire Proper, I would say Robbie Reyes, the current ghostwriter.
0: Absolutely. It is Robbie Reyes' ghostwriter. I'm going to touch on a little thing because I kind of doubt anybody is even aware that there was a female ghostwriter around 2013 for 12 issues or so. Her name was Alejandra Jones, and she was actually...
1: Was she the, the she ghostwriter?
3: That's a woman for
0: you. God, where's she now? I have to do a little bit more research on that because I had forgotten she existed. But if you are looking to know more about her time as a member of the Fantastic Four, you guys can check out the Venom Circa 2013 run on the Circle of Four. So do check that out. That is where you can get yourself some Alejandra Jones ghostwriter standing in for Danny Ketch in the Fantastic Four. Guys, it looks like we've run out of time for today, and I've loved playing this game, and I can't wait to finish it up in the next episode of HTML. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out, and Kevo, I think before these guys return, you and I have a few more things on our docket.
2: Pretty much anytime you can find me kicking around on tweeters and the Instagram at Really, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. Or you can find me posting on the Facebook page for this program, Husbands Talking More or Less at Real Nico Kevo Action. You can also find the super fun, super cool, super inclusive superhero stories that Nico and I produce over at KidRiotComics.com. And Nico, where can the folks find you?
0: As always, you guys can find me all over this amazing network on shows like Excess for Podcast and HTML. You guys can also find me over on Instagram and Twitter where I am posting way too many feels. Uh, on Nico Action, N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. Guys, the world is evolving. It's a constantly changing landscape. The most important thing you can do is arm yourself with information and knowledge. Make sure you're checking your news sources. Keep them unbiased, and if they're going to be biased, make sure they're biased in defense of people who need it the most. Vote like your weakest friend's life depends on it. Black and trans lives matter. Protect dreams and the future. And guys, until we come back to fight Bye. this future foundation war, Goodbye. we'll Bye. see you.